Go. With another death in the news of a young black male making the news, making the rounds, we have to talk about our death subculture and why we are being bystanders to our own genocide. Tonight on the Eight Black Hands, stay tuned. What's up, friends and family? It is episode 185 of the Eight Black Hands. I'm sorry, that number's got to be wrong. It's actually 187 uh, of the Eight Black Hands podcast. We've been kicking it now for that many weeks in a row, giving you all the best that we got, like Anita Baker. Uh, so what we need you to do right now Wait, is, hey, uh, if you if you if you are listening to this, share with your friends. If, if if you are listening to this. Share it with your friends and family. Uh, pull it up on Apple or Spotify, whatever streaming service you can find. And like it. Give us a subscription. And uh, let's share the love with all your friends and family. Who can think of anything better? Brothers, good evening. It's good to see you all again on a Sunday night. How y'all doing? Doing well, man. Doing well. All right, that's good. You always doing well. You never doing bad. So, uh, <laughs> anybody else got anything else going when on? You, listen, it's uh, just because you're doing well doesn't mean that things aren't challenging. It just means you know, just grateful and things are still okay. We here, we alive and kicking, like you said. Gotcha. You know? All right, Disneyland. What's the rest, of y'all? <laughs> how, how y'all? How, how's it looking in Chicago? It's cool, man. Uh, it's been weird weather wise. I flew to LA, I think last week, and it was snowing when the plane left. And then it two days ago it was like 75 degrees and now it's like 58, 60. So uh, we are in full uh, fall mode. Uh, fall time in Chicago is gorgeous. It's beautiful. Uh, it's one of the most beautiful things I've seen. So uh, good, blessed and, and happy to be here and looking forward to a real like discussion. There's a lot going on in our community. Our community is hurting. All right. Well, before we get started, we got to check in with Mr. Uh, top unionized uh, charter school leader in all of New York, the land Let's of New go, York. Oh, baby. Let's go. How are you doing, uh, Gap Closer? You do know, my brother, Ray, that that is against the law in the United States. Uh, but you keep doing it, brother. You keep educating them people. See what's going to happen to you. But how are you doing? <laughs> I started to use a term, but I, I didn't want to do that. The, the term Charles was uh, introducing us to or reintroducing us to because we know the concept, but I'm not going to do that. Maybe we'll do it on the Patreon. Um, but, wait, man, well, I'm doing wait, wrong. We, are we afraid to, like, have a discussion about that term on our main show? Bro, last, time we, last time we talked, last time we was about to talk about that. Okay, now you guys know what the damn term is. What's the term, bro? What is it? It's now I got to know. Yeah, buck breaking. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second, though. Let's get to it. Okay. All right, yeah. gotcha. Okay, we can talk about tough topics here. Ray, we're going to check in with you, and then we're going to do our What Did We Learn This Week, and that's going to be part of Charles. Uh, yeah. Charles's. All right, go man. ahead, sir. How Listen, you doing? So, so uh, again, man, I, I'm, I'm doing outstanding. I'm blessed and highly favored. I, I'm amongst my people tonight uh, and Reef. And so... Uh, <laughs> 
it's always good on Sundays, man, where we could come out and, and talk and, and do what we do. Hey, Chris, what I was saying, what I was alluding to when you were uh, doing the intro and doing the perfect setup is that you were like, hey, we've given you 187 shows, 187 shows for free on mm-hmm. our time mm-hmm. on our dime, mm-hmm. right? And so I mm-hmm. think that's very important because that's a whole lot of hours Mm-hmm. And that's a whole what, lot that's of what people who serve the communities that's what they do they don't count it they don't they don't do that well you know what uh you, before we get in between you, you two you count what you count yep, yep. follow on the play before we get started with that on the show already let Flag. me just say okay to raise point we have been giving you a traders joe's show for uh for for like uh, uh kroger's prices or you know like uh you know we've been maybe we've, we're the aldies of black commentary uh, <clears throat> we've been giving you Whole Foods, but you've been paying all these prices. You're you're cashing. That's an excellent down. analogy, right there, bro. Right, right, right. Excellent analogy. All these hey, price for this. But, so. so, but people like Reef, people like Reef will never be able to get that because he lives in a food desert. Oh, See, black and black crime already at the beginning of the show. Flag, Let's just start. Flag. Anyways, listen. Uh, why don't we jump right into the meat of things with something that is lighter before we get to a tough to- topic that we're going to talk about with love and care. But before we get to that tough topic, let's check in because we are educated people with intellects that we want to share with each other. This is a communal learning opportunity. So from each of you, brothers, what is something that you learned this week, either through uh, studying, reading, writing, or just living as a black man in the United States? What is something that you can share with the audience that you learned this week? Well, I'll go first. Uh, and let me get the let me get the main screen here. Uh, so what I learned this week is that when Drake drops an album, uh, and there's something that alludes to uh, 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 protection of womanhood, that black men are supposed to at Drake, and 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 and, and that's how we're supposed to show that that we are uh, protecting black women, not the way that we live. Not the way that we protect women every day, but we're supposed to actually at Drake in order to show that we are down with the sisters. Okay. Um, I'm old. Can you help me out on, I, I know that I, that Drake dropped an album this week. I know he went after Megan the Stallion or something in, so, so, in said album, but I'm too old to know the rest of the details. So help so us with the details. Again, right? And so add what? Dope. What do you mean by at, like, like so like add him on Twitter, like at Drake. Oh, got it. Right. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't know. I, so so listen, I would have to hear him say that, hey, I went at, at Megan. It was a double entendre in which he alluded to a, a certain thing. So what he said was he said he said shot. She, she didn't really get shot. Right. I mean, that's basically what he said. Right. No, oh, that's okay. not what he said. Okay. All right. Okay, that's all not right. what he said, bro. All right. Young but son, help me out. What, what, I, what I will say is this. I am not a a uh, a rap journalist, and so, <laughs> <laughs> and so therefore I will stay in my lane. However, uh, it was a bar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Um... We are going to talk about hip-hop culture tonight. I don't know that that's going to figure into it, but it possibly will. Uh, and I'm learning from week to week uh, as this goes, because I saw the story that you just talked about, and yeah. I didn't understand all of it, to be very honest with you. So anyways, let's go to and our next He just explained it, and I still don't understand. I was about uh, to say, I'm, I'm I might a little, a little bit more help. confused. We, we, I might be more understand. confused now <laughs> than, than what I was before. But, like. uh, yeah. but, but Reef, uh, coming to you, sir. What is something that you learned this week, either by studying, reading, writing, or just by living this week? 
Yeah, you know what? Uh, something pretty disturbing that I uh, learned was that there was a, you know, I mean, you know this in concept, you know this in theory, but just to hear more details about it. So they were uh, experimenting. There's a prison up in, in uh, Pennsylvania called Holmesburg Prison. And one of the, you know, social workers who was there was so disturbed by, by what he heard and what he saw that he wrote a book on it. The book is called Acres of Skin. Um, and this is what he heard from a doctor who was assigned to the, to the jail and was doing all types of experiments on the prisoners um, because he had a contract with the CIA. And so they were doing skin experiments, like, you know, mm. uh, burning them, Agent Orange, other stuff. Um, and they weren't being straightforward about like, you know, what they're doing. They were giving folks a dollar, two dollars to participate. Um, but they weren't telling them like what everything that they were doing. And so folks were, as you can imagine, were going through some horrific torture, um, all in the name of, of science. And the doctor gleefully said, oh, when I saw all these prisoners, all I saw was acres of skin um, because he was going to be like a, uh, you know, the, the mad scientist on these uh, black and brown prisoners. So eventually a social worker wrote a book and I started reading it and it's just super disturbing. Um, he named a book that Acres of Skin based off of what the doctor gleefully was so excited about uh, doing to these, uh, to these people, to these men. So, yeah. So disturbing. I know you said something light before the disturbing part, but <laughs> yeah. that's what I got. Yeah, that's what you got this week. Oh, All right. Yeah. Well, I don't think that Charles was going to get us any lighter. So uh... <laughs> I learned a lot this week. I learned a lot. I learned that you can share something that's on Amazon just for everybody to see. And you can get in a whole bunch of trouble. And the person that owns the platform can be talking about buying a football team. That's crazy. I learned that... Um, that a lot of people didn't know what the term buck breaking was. Um, I was having some conversations and it came up in the discussion and somebody was like, oh, what is that? I mean, I've never heard that. And it's just like, uh, you know, you take for granted like things that you've read before. So I don't know if anybody's read the Willie Lynch papers, you know, the makers of a slave or whatnot, but buck breaking, basically what he said is hence both the horse and the black person uh, must be broken. He didn't say black person. Uh, that is breaking them from one form of mental life to another. Keep the body, take the mind. In other words, break the will to resist. And, um, and, and it was really interesting watching these brothers learn this term and then like applying it to things that they were seeing and experiencing and some of the stuff that they might have experienced on their, on their own uh, versus like what they're seeing kind of happening in other places. And, and just the ability to not have a, 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 an adult conversation about major things that's happening that multiple groups are uh, involved in and where there's hurt kind of spread around. And, but there's, a, I think much more misunderstanding. And then finally I learned, I just, I just left the literary society. Uh, God bless them. And Miss Toya, um, she yeah. put together a piece. Um, I have a, a, a an ebook coming out for parents and they read it. They all read it and went through it. And we just had a discussion about it and they were just really grateful for uh, an, a grounded, uh, ebook that was written specifically to black parents with, with very specific thing in it, things in it. And I'm going to take some of their uh, suggestions and uh, you know, we'll be, I'll be putting that out in the next few weeks uh, for free, just like that other book was for free. Um, so when I do put out something that's cost, just remember you got a lot of stuff for free, but I learned a lot and I'm just, I'm grateful to be in communication with uh, 
just for a black man, dog. Like, like I think I just don't want to take this space for granted. There is not just a lot of spaces that we have in our general everyday life uh, where we can just have these kind of conversations, uh, whether it's on camera or off. So I just don't want to take it for granted because there's a lot of people from that conversation that I was having that are really lonely and, and lonely in the sense of they have so much stuff in them that they, they but they don't have a safe place to get it out. So uh, it makes me grateful for the space that we've created here. All right, so to revisit really quick, because I know we're about to get like real you, deep, right? You, you break it. What? 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 So what, here, what? here's the bar. Like, he, so mm -hmm. I, I got a, I found mm -hmm. the bar, right? Mm -hmm. So the bar, he says, uh, this you, chick, because he won't say, say the word he used. Mm -hmm. He said this chick lie word? about getting shots, but okay. she's still a stallion, For right? Real. Yeah. So he really like it, it's it's a double entendre because like women get BBLs all the time, right? And so if if he's saying this chick lied about screen. getting shots, but she's still a stallion. That means that she lied about getting a BBL, but she's still thick. Okay, if you're listening to this and you just came in, you're probably not. You're probably lost at this moment. Um, Ray is referring to Even something. If you were that, there from the beginning, you're probably lost. <laughs> well, right? this is true. But Ray is referring to to uh, a flare up uh, online with Drake uh, dropping an album, and he had he had uh, lyrics in that album that appear to some to be massage noir. Meaning that uh, bro, uh, it was it was you know kill, Chris, listen uh, I'm me, only, bro you know, so BBL for those who I was about to say Google BBL like did, people don't I'm trying to explain it I'm trying to yeah, narrate so I'm trying to narrate you that butt lift okay is like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. what are we, so, what are we so, talking about for people listening to this and not watching us <laughs> what, people bro, listening what kind of Mickey Mouse operation is this <laughs> who are bro, trying to listen through the crosstalk and understand what we're talking about right now. We just had jargon, which was BDL, which has to do with BBL, uh, yeah. BBL whatever inflation of the ass, um, is, you know, ass inflation. Uh, um, so that that's what that is about. If you caught that jargon, didn't know what it was. And Ray is once again trying to explain to the old heads what the hell the problem is today or yesterday with Drake's dropping of the new album that had lyrics on it that some saw as violence towards Megan, bro, uh, I saw, the so, stallion. So, so, so he just explained it to us, and we are still in the segment of what yeah. we learned this week and about to get into oh, our main God. segment. But, Ray, if you want to continue extending the opening segment, go ahead. I, so. I definitely do. Because, like, okay. so, so okay. all right, so so there's a tweet. It was a tweet from Mark Lamont Hill, right? And he, he was, he was, he had gotten to the third song, and he's like, hey, I got just got to the third song, but I, saw on another uh thing that uh th 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 this bar came up and i'm sitting and i'm saying to myself i'm like you got to the third song and all the shit that these people were talking in the third song if you wanted to find something in terms of like all right this is terrible for the black community this is uh this is this is not good for black women and how they talk man they gave you three whole songs of that shit you ain't have to have this bar in order for you to say hey this is not good all right i'm done Okay, <laughs> I would say um, this. Here's what I was. I, I, I let okay. me let me back him up. Let me back him okay. up. Back him because, up as we continue no, no, no. the opening okay. segment. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm back. I'm a back. I'm a transition to back up, right? Because I think it's actually a really good conversation. I think it's a really good conversation. This is just not the panel for that conversation or the audience, right? Like you need. No, no, I'm not, well, it could funny, go right? in. 
the segment that we're about to talk about hip hop anyways uh, and death culture. It, maybe, it could go maybe, in the actual segment, but continue. I think it could be a distraction from from the. From, I, I think I think it's a like if, if, if Ray and I were talking about this on Twitter Spaces with like right? other people that was in the hip hop and all that stuff. I think it's a I great conversation because there's like uh, there's we are in the hip hop. Chris and I with. are in the hip hop. Okay. Okay. Oh, but, all right, Chris. Take on the show. Yo, take on the show. So, so all I'm, so, so Chris, I want Chris. What did you learn this week? It's just, I don't know. It's the best topic here. Whatever you learned, you probably forgot it after this past couple minutes. You know. (laughs) All right. Well, look. You know, we were still in the three minutes each of rapping on uh, what each of us learned. (laughs) What we learned. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like bypass mine by quickly not doing a full three minutes on it. But I learned that we do not have enough power in the media. Watching Tiffany Cross get let let go by Mm -hmm. MSNBC, cancel, having her show canceled when in fact her show has been growing by leaps and bounds since the start of the year, knowing that she is so sharp and so smart and probably one of the brightest things on MSNBC to watch her have her show summarily uh, shut down quickly overnight by a black woman president at MSNBC when MSNBC has such a bad track record with black journalists and black shows in the first place uh, to close a successful show because she might have been too uh, direct with challenging Tucker Carlson and Fox News hosts is amazing to me. It's just a sign that white power is real. Even when we have black faces in high places running entire networks, we still don't have enough power to protect our bright and our strongest. That's what I learned this week. And it wasn't a new lesson. So moving on, getting into our show for this week, we wanted to talk about death culture. But I wanna say not death culture in hip hop, I wanna say death subculture, because black culture overall is loving. The majority of us are in good shape in many ways, and we are not to be awfulized constantly and be synonymous with misery all the time but we do have things happening in our community that are important for us to take note of. Here's this segment opening on dead black males. On November 1st, 28 year old rapper Takeoff, a member of the Grammy nominated Atlanta based hip hop group Migos was fatally shot at a bowling alley in Houston, Texas. A slew of fellow rappers paid tribute to Takeoff either on social media or during live shows and fans flooded his social accounts with positive messages. We have become too accepting of dead black males as a part of American life. This is a reality in especially, and it's especially prominent in hip hop culture or subculture. And there's also a problem with bystanders. Right after Takeoff's death, a gruesome video of his death actually made the rounds and people were sharing it widely and broadly. Why? I don't know. Um, sadly, this has become routine. We've lost other rappers, a list of rappers, just in 2022. Not, not just in general, but just in 2022. There's, there's a short list, but there is still a list of other uh, folks in rap culture that we have, we have lost this year. Takeoff himself uh, said recently that he wants his flowers while he was still living. And he's t- at 28 years old, like many Black men in the United States, uh, not everybody expects to live. Uh, definitely not a, a, a long life. And he himself said he wanted his flowers while he's alive because he's tired of people mm-hmm. getting talked about uh, in memoriam. Um, the leading cause of death for black men in America is heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's degree, uh, disease, and stroke. But for men to up to age 44, it's homicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something 
that we need to talk about with love and with care. We don't want to seize on dead black males as right. the hustle, as the way that some activists have done either to enrich themselves or to create careers out of our misery, but we still don't want to stay silent on the things that matter when it comes to the conditions that kill us. Brothers, let's talk about this. Uh, anything wrong in my framing, the setup of this, making it about hip hop culture, is that even wrong in itself? And even to challenge the bystander syndrome, is that wrong? I don't think it's wrong. I think I think it's multiple facets to the conversation, right? I think it's two different conversations. It is, there is a culture around prominent black men being murdered. And then there's a conversation around like black violence in general and, and how we can kind of be responsive. And what I mean when I say, and Boosie says something about this too, right? Not Boosie, Charleston White. I know he gets under a lot of people's skin. Um, first off, I just want to say, you know, RIP to take off and to his family. And it was just tragic. And there's uh, conflicting stories about what happened. I don't even really want to get into it because I think that just adds to the gossip around it. Somebody's lost their life. Somebody's lost their son. Somebody lost their nephew. And and, um, and somebody lost their father. So, you know, God bless his family. And I hope, you know, I pray for them to have some healing, man. I think, um, but there's also this thing around, there's a sensationalism when rappers are murdered, when rappers are killed. And this year we have lost a lot of rappers uh, to death, we to, to murder. And a few of those have been caught on tape or camera. I'm sorry, tape is antiquated, but, and it's been shared around with no like kind of, you know, just thought about those people's families, uh, nobody calling to help any of that stuff. And it's just kind of, you know, it seeped its way in the culture in a really sad way. Um, and then there's also this issue around, well, we don't have the same level of urgency when it's not a rapper. So Chicago, where I live, is approaching mm -hmm. 600, homicides this year mm. on Halloween Damn, alone on ha and ha on Halloween alone uh there was a drive-by that injured 14 people one being a three-year-old baby um mm. and so I think that there's frustration uh and Charleston White is not like my signal of who to kind of go at but when a lot of people were getting mad at these people for you know taking videos and pictures of of, of this black celebrity dying he fired back and he said all these deaths, all this platform y'all been having, you ain't got that same smoke and energy when regular black people are getting killed and, and dying. So I think there's a lot of people hurting and there's multiple conversations that need to be happening. Uh, but I do think we are one of those genres um, where we just experience so much death in violent ways. And, and, and it is, and I don't think that rap music is the cause of it. I think that rap is reflective of environments that people live in and then i think it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy that kind of eats itself right it's become this chicken or the egg type of thing but at the end of the day regardless of where you land on that piece it's sad and you know we've had a person on this show has been a victim of gun violence my brother's car was shot up and we almost lost him he got shot multiple times i've been in situations where bullets have been flying like uh, there's been situations where at least half of the people on this show uh could not be here you know what I'm saying? And we have to have a conversation. I know we talk about protect these lives, do this or whatever, man. But like black people, and I don't think that it that it is it is it is overreaching to say in some cases are somewhat of an endangered species, meaning that the threat of your life being taken is something that we face on a very frequent basis. Um, and, and I know where I bought my house and I know where I, I did it intentionally. And I'm glad that I'm here. And I also know that doing the work that I do and going to the places that I go to, 
I have to have some form of protection and I have to, and I also know that these bullets ain't got no name on it, but that don't mean I'm gonna give up on my community. And it's, it's really difficult to talk about, but we have to talk about it. So hopefully I'll just add a little bit of context. Yeah, can I, I ask you a question, Charles, I'm, I'm let me ask you a question in there. Cause I didn't catch this one part. What was his point around the difference between how we treat the murders of someone like takeoff and the murders, like people that are dying every day that aren't takeoff. Like what's his yeah. point? In that, in his saying point that, what was, was the point? Because everybody, he was, you know, somebody made a post, Gilead Kid made a post about people picking up cameras and doing this and, 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 and getting this stuff. And what Charleston White said is like, look, y'all basically got this huge platform with all these kids that love you and all that, but you ain't crying and mourning and doing all this stuff. You don't care about people picking up cameras when those people get killed, right? Like, mm -hmm. you actually mm -hmm. have power mm -hmm. to make an impact. You have power to change this narrative and you're not doing it. So, yeah, you're a celebrity. When a celebrity mm -hmm. dies, mm -hmm. it's an event. Like when something happens to a celebrity and people are going to do what they're going to do. He, I think he was trying to call out a double standard in Charleston White. Again, I'm not advocating for him or vouching for him. He has a, a delivery in a way. He's kind of this Uncle Ruckus kind of caricature, but he, <laughs> okay. he's doing it. But he's no, no, no. But that's kind of his mm -hmm. stick. His stick mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. to kind of go at these gangsters, to go at this culture. So, for instance, he's the person that got into it with Soldier Boy. Like they was about to approach him and he made Soldier Boy and call the police. Like Charleston White is that kind of guy, you know what I mean? He he's he's calling like <laughs> hypocrisy in hip hop. Not, mm -hmm. not 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 putting that on it, but like if Charleston White keeps going at the rate that he's going, yeah, somebody gonna get him. We're gonna be talking I about mean, Charleston White <laughs> on the probably. show. Do y'all think that? Um, do you think hip hop is one of the culprits when there's a, a black man who's dying in the street, a dead black male in the street? Uh, killed by another dead black male, or, or I'm sorry, a living black male who will also be a dead black mm -hmm. male in the future. Do you think the soundtrack of their life is a culprit in their murders? Bro, I I, I actually do. Um, I, I I just hear about just like because like hip hop is hip hop represents the culture, right? And if the culture that you live in is one that is uh, seeped in violence, is seeped in. Uh, misogyny is seeped in uh unemployment sleep yo bro the lot of a lot of these things that i hear from from the struggle of because like when you think about 80s rap you think about 90s rap those reps were like embedded in the culture right but it was more uplifting mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. it seems like it's more about who can i kill and how can i say it slickly in a in, in a record so that you know that like i'm 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 a shooter or like i'm a spinner like it's absolutely insane, bro. And people are out here and they're listening to this trash and then they're going out and trying to imitate, trying to let art imitate life, right? And you're seeing that a lot with these young kids. Um, it's a lack of guidance that's, that, that's happening. And so, you know, when you have a person like Reef who has a platform that's like, we need more black teachers. Hell yeah, we need more black teachers. We need we need clergy in schools. We need, we need an all out effort in order to recapture our youth because if not man they got them they got them yeah, it's hard to me if you're listening to 24 7 of love songs not to assume that you're going to be more loving <laughs> if you listen to 24 7 of country music that you're not going to want to buy a truck at some point and some beer uh that if you lift in 24 7 of the blues that you're not eventually going to grab a bottle of whiskey and and like sit down and and so it's it's also hard for me to understand if all those things are true about other forms of of like soundtrack in your ear all day long you listen to something all day long that if you're hearing murderers murders and gunshots and 
wanton killing in your ear all day long, that it normalizes it in your head as a anger response, as a response when you get mad to something that you just you break somebody down, right? Like that's, I mean, 80s R&B music is responsible for a whole bunch of people right now named Kim, <laughs> right? Like, like you know, 90s R&B is he's probably responsible for a whole bunch of babies right now, right? And that's probably because it was about something different, right? <laughs> I don't want to say it, but but like, anyways, I don't know. Sharif, I'll jump Damn. to you to see, to, to see what you're saying. Damn. Do you think that, that the, the murder music can be a culprit. Uh, I mean, I do. I, I mean, I, I think that our our souls, our spirits, our, our brain, our psyche are more sensitive than people, you know, than people think. I, I do think when you know they say, "Be careful what you, you know, what you consume." You know, it's not just like what you eat physically. It's also you know, like what you listen to, what you see. Um, you know, and and I get like as as we get older, we probably become more have a more critical lens. Um, you know, I remember Dolores Tucker, you know, she's from Philadelphia, you know, right. and, mm -hmm. and I remember as a youth, I remember I was like, well, I don't agree with everything she's saying. I don't, you know, I don't think she understands everything. And, you know, now I'm like, you know what, she was a prophetess <laughs> in, in many ways, you know, like yeah. she, what she predicted was totally underestimated. Um, and, and I, I do think there's a, a point where people do become desensitized. Uh, with things, you know, with things, um, you know, not that, you know, I, I used to hear like, oh, you don't realize that that person's not coming back. I don't think that's the case. I think when life, when you keep saying life is not sacred, mm -hmm. at some point you internalize it, right? Like, just like if you can internalize anti-Blackness, but you don't internalize constantly murdering somebody or sticking them up or doing like, right? Like, how do you internalize anti-Blackness, but you don't internalize like that, like, no, you can internalize anything that you're saturated in if you're not constantly pushing back against it. And so I, I would say like that's a, a big part where the outrageous is now not so outrageous to people, you know, um, where people won't be up in arms when they see something. Um, it's it's almost as if like, oh, that's just the, the way it is. And that, I think, is the most dangerous when you just take it for granted, like, oh, that's just that's just how things are. Um, to me, that is the most dangerous, uh, dangerous piece, because these are all mm -hmm. things that we're saying, like, in order to protect the next generation. Um, but how do you do it? Right. You know, because I do think you still have to do it in love and not mm -hmm. bow, uh, browbeating and just, you know, uh, demoralizing and, and disenfranchising them further. There's a have to be a way to, you know, we talked about this before, like, how do you call out and call in at the same time? How do you call somebody out with love? Right. Like, how would how would a good coach do something that they have a relationship with and all those kind of things? So I think sometimes we run so fast far to the other side that we're not thinking about relationships. We're not thinking about, oh, they're youth. We're not thinking about, oh, they're still thinking. developing. We're just like, you're bad. You're bad. You're bad. Um, and human nature isn't to embrace that human nature is to reject that and say, Oh, you think I'm bad. Well, watch this. Right. Like, and so then it becomes again, this self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, but I, I think it's complicated, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, we've talked about this a few shows ago, like what's the cultural revolution that could happen to kind of recenter humanity. Um, even if we're going through tough times, you know, here's, here's um, what I think about yeah, it. I'm um, after you, Chris, I, this is what I think about it. I think that, all of the media makes a difference that we consume. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if you consume right-wing mu- uh, media for a month, I think your worldview is going to start changing on mm-hmm. some things. If you uh, if you listen and watch uh, and take in and consume left-wing media for a month, I think it's going to start moving you in different directions. I think one one thing America has always done in the media and in the the information, I'll just put it that way, the information that people consume is they have always justified dead black males. So going all the way back and before, um, to and before, uh, uh, birth of a nation where the there was a highly popular super blockbuster Hollywood's first blockbuster movie mm. was actually a justification of dead black males it was yeah. like one of the, the most widespread justifications was that black males were murderous and, and savage and wanted to rape uh, white women and, White House uh, screening. And there was a screening of it in the White House. And the president of the United States said that it was like history being written with uh, with lightning. Right. And that was the first media juggernaut. That was the first blockbuster in the United States. And it's never stopped since the portrayal of black men as deserving of being dead black men at some point. Rapists, hustlers, pimps, thieves, savages, barbarians, not intellectual people, not smart, not creative, not people who produce anything useful to society or to the world or whatnot. That has carried on throughout the years in, t- in television, in music, in, um, in popular culture, in various ways, in plays, and in every medium, that message has been carried all the way through you know, 70s television programs and 80s television programs and movies and, and, and everything all the way until today. And also with the takeover of hip hop by corporate America uh, and the refashioning it as not our art form, but an art form for the masses and for the globe, where they have now used even one of our own art forms to perpetuate the same thing that, um, that every other previous medium had done, which is to justify uh, the death of black males and, and black men. And we play along in it in some ways, but we're, we're, it would be hard for us to really stop it, I think. Um, um, but I, I, at, the, at the, the last thing I'll say about that, though, is one way to stop a big part of this is to make sure that Black males are loved, period. Because loved people can listen to any music or to any medium and not become intoxicated by it to do bad things, right? Show me a person who is well-loved in many ways they can listen to all the everything from NWA to anything today that's your worst, most pornographic hip hop and probably not be changed because they're loved. Right. America does not love black children the way that they move in the world and the way that the messages that they get from the world everywhere that they get is that they need to sit down, shut up, stop acting wrong. Give me your ID. What are you doing here? Why, why, why are you going that way? Did, did you take that? Are you sure you didn't take that? Blah, blah, blah. That's the message they get over and over again. And at some point, the healthy response is to say, F you to the whole world and to everybody asking you anything anywhere, including teachers and judges and police officers and white people, random white people trying to police you in public. Anyways, Charles, go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. I just went off on a tangent. It's all good. I mean, I think it's a good conversation, I think. But, you know, I I agree with the sentiment of what was said, but there's some parts that I disagree with. And I think that, you know, we keep saying like hip hop didn't start this. Like hip hop did not start the socioeconomical situations uh, that had people in dire straits like, you know, what I'm saying like this goes back way before hip hop. And also when people before rap, you know, I'm saying Marvin Gaye's dad still shot him. Sam Cooke was still murdered. 
Uh, James Brown wrote some of the most important songs in our in, in American history. And he was still a very, very violent man and would pull up with the stick on people. Like, I think that, you know, rap started as a reflection of what was going on because people didn't feel like they had a place to speak. And oh, yeah, I'm selling dope. But if I can be legal and do this rap thing and by talking about my life or talking about what I see, then this is like it, there was, it didn't come out of nowhere. Right. It came out of this this bottled up need to be able to express yourself and to be able to tell your story. Now, I agree. Right. There, you got to be careful what you put in your temple, regardless. Like you have to you have to do that. I don't disagree there, but I do think we have to get away from this narrative. I just spend too much time in hip hop to like in the 80s. You had people on wild shit. And you have people on uplifting shit. When 50 Cent came out, you know what I'm saying? College Dropout came out the year after. Both were major hits. You've always had this dichotomy. You've always had people doing positive hip hop. Like you had Black Star with Talib and Most Def. You had Lupe Fiasco saying some of the most profound things that I've ever heard. And I think that like, you know, we talk about capitalism on everything else. Everybody else gets to have trauma. Everybody else gets to like talk about the systems or whatever. But then with black men, it's like, well, rap music. And it's like, nah, man, things were messed up. What about in the 70s and 80s when they was removing black men from homes? Like, what about like those trumped up drug charges and, and, and the way crack flooded them, the, our cities? Like Ice Cube said, man, we didn't drive no boats. And here's the thing. Like, if we if we too dumb to do math and chemistry, you know what I'm saying? But somehow we figured out how to turn cocaine into crack. Like, like, no, man, that stuff didn't happen by itself and in a vacuum. So I'm not making an excuse for it. I just think there's a, that, you know, there's a there's a deeper history there. But I do agree with the sentiment of everybody else here. Right. Like we have to find ways to monitor what is happening. We also got to find ways to make these communities feel safer. We have like, you know, what I'm saying I can't rap about the drive by if the drive by is not happening. Like I can't rap about robbing somebody. Why is the reason that I probably rob somebody? Well, probably because I live in a ghetto. I probably live someplace where there's not a lot of socioeconomic advancements that I can make. I probably like felt like I needed to do this in order to, to, to live a certain type of life. I think it's a deeper conversation, but we got to take our communities back. You know what I'm saying? And I, I love jazz music, yo. I love the blues. Let's not act like everybody wasn't getting high on H during that whole time and a whole bunch of violence and rapes and a whole bunch of shit was happening. You just, they, it just didn't show up in the songs in the same way. I, and I just think that sometimes we just, I, I, I'll just stop there because I, I, I do think it's a good conversation. I don't want to distract it, um, but I, I don't think, I think that, that I say anything that, that distracts it, though. No, I don't think that distracts it. I just I know over multiple shows I've made the same critique and I don't think it's landing for folks, but I'm just going to say it one more time. There needs to be an analysis of the music industry, not mm -hmm. not to say that things haven't existed before. Because I just said a whole bunch of things existed before hip hop, right. all the way back to Birth of a Nation. Mm -hmm. But what I'm trying to say is there is a legit business analysis of corporate music, of corporate music distribution, and who owns what, and who has made the decisions of what to program and not program into our people. And there is a subculture of hip hop that is being sold that is the crack. Not a single one of us engineered the change from uh, a more broad set of hip hop messages to the more pornographic and self-destructive form that is, is the crack of the music industry. And I'm not the only one who has said that. The artists themselves behind the scenes have said that over and over mm -hmm. and over and over again, right? So this isn't a random kind of critique of us as a people or our culture 
it's a critique of the business that people mm -hmm. have made us. They have turned us into a commodity, and they, and and yeah. we're not even the we're not even the whole audience anymore. That's the other thing. This ain't to sell to us. The biggest audience is the white and the global audience for hip hop. Now we are a subs a customer, but we are the object. We are being sold, and our misery is being sold. And I'm not the only one saying that. The artists themselves have been saying this for years, right? And even the flare-ups that have happened with we've Kanye been, recently, yeah. Kanye is even saying that to a certain degree, right? You know, we don't like have this conversation. So, we need to have so. it because people yeah, have so, tried to step up and say something. Go ahead, Ray. Yeah, so I, I'm just thinking about this conversation, right? And I'm being, I'm, I'm very triggered by this conversation, bro. Because like when I think about my hood, I think about all the people that have died at like early in life. That haven't like I'm I'm 45, man. There's a lot of people that I grew up with that I was in kindergarten with and went to church with that are not alive today uh due to gun violence, right? And and like that shit is still happening in my community. That shit is still happening all, all across the United States. And it's like if we can't have conversations like this about what's happening in our own communities, man. Like we don't we don't need to be having no conversations because this shit right. is bad. If you're talking, if you're saying to me you got 600 murder, you got you approaching 600 murders. And then you got someone in the comments that's like, oh, but it's down by 90. What? Right. <laughs> like, it's still 600 I mean, but it, murders. It, but both, and both are true, though, right? Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, it's a terrible, like, you know what I'm saying? It's wild. It's so wild. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. It's just. Yeah. And it, it's, 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 it's it, and, and for it to be like coming in. So I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is, is that life expectancy for a black man. It's just not long. Like there's not a lot of life that that as black men. And so, man, I want to cherish every day that I'm on this earth. I want to make sure that I'm trying to pour into somebody else uh, every day, man. But to, to make life meaningful, we just lost a million people to to a global pandemic, bro. We lost a million people, like one million people we lost. But yet, when a celebrity dies, we're talking about the goddamn celebrity. What about the million other people that we done lost? We are obsessed with celebrity in this country. We are obsessed with it. And I know you want to transition this, Chris. Uh, check the messages, Reef, if you haven't. But um, I yeah. think- um, I mean, that's a that's what I wanted. Sorry, I was on mute. The- um, No, no, I got you. I just, let me- I'm two, about to put two things that- Wait, wait, let me finish the statement. I, I'm going to give it to you so you can take us off. I just, um, damn, I might've lost it, man. I, I, I just, it's, it's difficult, especially like living in this and like working with these people. Like, this is what I do. And I think- you know, somebody asked me, why do I dress the way I dress? And here's the thing, like when, when, when Sharif says we need more black teachers or I put him on the phone with one of our surgeons and he's like, we need more black surgeons and we need this. Right. Like like you have to show people that they can be represented in these places. But some for a lot of people, rap, basketball and trapping was the ways that, you know, people vision how to get out. Mine was basketball. I put everything into basketball. And it did well by me for a while. But now that I do this stuff that I do and write books and go on tour with my friends and give talks, I want to still look like that block so some kid can see, oh, there is somebody that looks like me, talks like me, that is still making good money doing something else. Like you have to show people, you know what I'm saying, what else is there? Because some, for a lot of those kids, being a teacher and that salary and that, and that lack of respect is not sexy to them. You know what I'm saying? Like I think we have to like really... Listen, man, when there is no hope, people grasp onto the things that they can. And um, and, and this is one of those things that you can you can start rapping in your mama basement. And if you hit, you can go and you can make some money and they'll give you some money up front. 
And so, you know, but if we're going to talk about these execs, it's a dangerous conversation, but we need to have it. But you go into some interesting territory and people have tried and then they have been gone. You know what I'm saying? Leor Cohen mm -hmm. says, flat out, hey, yeah. hey, man. And Leor Cohen said flat out, they asked him about the opioid crisis. He said, man, that's tragic. He wouldn't let nobody talk about that. But they was like, Charlamagne was like, but you let people talk about killing people and selling dope on the streets all the time. And his answer was, my kids got to eat too. Hey, bro, there you have it. Go ahead, hey, uh, Reef. I put I'm putting the studio together, man. I'm about to drop some freestyles and shit coming out soon. <laughs> All right, uh, Reef, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. He got he got Abbott Charter. He got hip hop yeah. coming out. He yeah. got a little bit of uh, everything. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I I don't think that there's. I think we've always known that there's been it's been tough in our in our communities, places that have been ghettoized and and defunded and undermined and you know, just marginalized in so many different ways, you know, uh, financially, socially, politically, you know, um, the, the works. Um, and like a lot of things when we say like, well, this happened in the seventies, this happened in the eighties is very different. And, and again, I'm, I've not, I'm not like deep into uh, hip hop today. I, I don't know most of them, uh, but when I do hear it, it's different, I think, with if you're talking about like a James Brown who may have had some of his own demons that he was struggling with, mm -hmm. and then him singing about it constantly, and hundreds of others thinking, you know, and as Chris said, like where the industry says, no, this is in order for you to get on, this is what you have to do at this point. We don't want to hear, or we're not going to elevate, or we're going to marginalize, we're going to not promote a certain things, right? And we knew this for a long time. Like, you know, PE would say, like, hey, they're not going to play this on the radio. Kara's one would say, like, they're not going to play this on the radio. So we've known that from, from the 80s. But it's different when, when you have an artist who's struggling in life, in the in neighborhood, their upbringing, all those type of things. And that being the, the, the soundtrack for the Black community. We're saying, like, this is what Black folks are. You know, and when I talk about, like, the educators, like, literally, we have, if we're talking about the amount of educators who have no no relationships with the black community except with their children and what they see on media mm -hmm. that's the majority of teachers principals school board members they have no relationships they have no friends who are black or brown they have no they don't live near you they don't they didn't go to school with you their only relationship is what they see in the media the soundtrack of what they believe is black america like I even reject when people are like, oh yeah, that's the culture. Nah, that ain't that ain't. We don't have one facet of culture where it's like, oh, just this craziness. That ain't our full. Like you know what I mean? Like why can't we be full human beings? And even if it's an artist, when when you see other people artists, they not that they don't die. And and I had asked this before. Like I was like, I wonder what the percentage is for right now for like hip hop artists where they are um, mm -hmm. seeing violence. Like we see, we know as a black man, and, and Chris led with that data. But, you know, also artists, because, you know, so you see other artists, it's not that they don't struggle, right? Like they have overdoses, they have suicide, they have all things. But I don't know if you see this level of, you know, just straight up murder and then the fascination of it, like PNB and, and uh, you know, what you say, Takeoff. And, Reef, and who, is, who is PNB? Reef, who is PNB besides somebody you've seen on a, who is that? I'm just talking about somebody that got murdered, bro. As I already said, I don't know them. What I'm saying is, like, the, when I see the names constantly, who is it? It's, this, it's the same profile. Young black men 
who are in this. It, it don't matter, like, do I know who they are? Yeah. What matters is just like I don't know the 500 other young black men who got murdered. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But what see, I'm saying listen, is like that at... is the becomes like, oh, this is the soundtrack or this is this is what it is. They have a problem. And we know some rappers, they ain't live. They ain't living that lifestyle. They in a mansion somewhere safe. But they still putting out some some old nonsense like, oh, that's what I saw. That ain't the only thing you saw. You saw some love. You saw some beauty. You saw some other things. So if you're going to be real, be share everything that you see. Don't just say like this is the only thing that you see because it ain't. It never yeah. was. And you yeah, know, go, go ahead, Ray. Bro, that's what that's what these people want, man. That's the the, the, the capitalist portion of hip hop, right? They want that go gory uh black poorness and like oh, oh, like this started from the bottom that's what like, vicarious people living you know like i i've heard rappers hip-hop folks who grew up in that life yeah. call out other rappers who didn't grow up in that life right. as why y'all always talking about that like i lived that i'm not trying to go back to that right. i'm not trying to i've, I've literally seen in interviews yeah. people mm -hmm. call out other people saying mm -hmm. why are you wearing that that phony that that whole phony persona when yeah. I came from that, and I'm not even trying to do that. So, so, and, do. so let me say let, let me say something about this. 1982, yeah. 1982. Yeah. Black child childhood poverty was at 48. percent Okay. 1982. Um, that drops down to 26 percent now, right? The majority of black children are not growing up in poverty. Enough of them are growing up in poverty that we should care. Their poverty rate is still higher than Hispanics, Asians, whites, and everybody else at 26%. But our fortunes have actually increased since the highest and the worst points of history. Since 1976, uh, uh, when poverty was 40% was, uh, for, for young Black uh, children, to a high point in 82 when it was 48, and another high point in 92 when it was 46%, is down to 26% now. Black people, uh, as much as, as we should stay aware of where our deficits are still uh, keeping us out of the mainstream, we are actually living much better and, and, and than we have in decades. We don't talk about this often. We have middle class and upper working class and working class black children listening to this and donning on the, the taking on the, the artifice of, of lives they're not even living, mm. right? And then we have teachers walking into classrooms thinking that the way to relate to my black child who is not shooting anybody anytime soon uh, is to go through this phony persona thing that is being sold by corporate America Bro, to the that, whole world, to the whoo. whole world. The majority of our people are not living this. Bro. I need to, I need to keep like some of our people are living this. That's true. That's real. Yeah. I can find them in every city. I could go any place, any city in the United States. That's an urban city with more than a hundred thousand people and some with less than that and find a group of our people. Yes. Yes. It's not to discount it. But you got a lot of people faking it out here. And you got a lot of our own children listening to this, vicariously trying to live through it, and then acting as if it's their story in their life when it's not. And some mm -hmm. of them become artists themselves, too. <laughs> but, bro, right? this ain't that's, just, that's not this a ain't just story. hip hop. Chris, this ain't just hip hop, though, bro. You got, you got whole ass pedagogies that's be uh, whole, whole ass curriculums that's being sold 
Exactly. Like, like, you know, the Ruby Payne of this, you know, of this world, the Lucy Culkins of this, of the world, they all are doing something in education. I think very similar, like Ruby Payne was somebody I taught in Chicago for two years or something like that. And I've made a billion dollars telling people how black people talk and how black kids talk and has sold this to school districts all across the country. Right. And we even had some of our own people shaking their heads in the trainings like, yeah, that's how our people talk. I'm, I'm talking to people just like that now. No, you're not. No, you're not. So I'm not saying that it's not real. I'm just saying 26% of our children is still too goddamn high a number in, a, in the richest country in the world for there to be 26%, a quarter of any population right. that is in poverty. What I'm trying to say, you is, say to you is stop ignoring the fact that the majority, 75%, two thirds, of our children are I don't know if it's I mean but you and I had you know. this argument in Minnesota though right we you and I talked about this I think I I I cater and I focus on the people that are like where it was when I grew up right so if that ain't the majority god bless them you know what I'm saying but I'm there is a there is a group of people that grew up very similar to me uh that identify with certain things and I say this as somebody I've never been with the shits uh Chris and Reef y'all may not know what that term is but it's just I've, I've always been a square. Like my, my dad really wasn't playing that shit because he lived that life and I wasn't built for it. I, I didn't not sell drugs because I was like just a good kid. I was just scared to do it. Like it just wasn't a pathway for me. I'm not, I wasn't just better than somebody else. And I also think that like, as long as you have poverty, as long as you have people that have to create countercultures to like, you know what I'm saying? Feel like they got to take this up, protect themselves or get themselves some type of opportunity uh in an illegal world like you know what i'm saying it's gonna be there and i just want to just say man as because we we talking like this stuff is new you're not and you're not reefing chris i'm not saying you are i'm talking about in general the, the larger zeitgeist but people don't know man listen the bloods the crips was founded in what 1969 by ray washington and tookie right like the the the, the vice lords in chicago was 1959 uh i'm sorry 1957 you know what i'm saying like this like we have always had these this apparatus that like when you shut out certain people and a certain group of people, subcultures get created. But here, you know what else exists? You can go to a lot of different Chinatowns and there's underground card games all the time, underground strip clubs. Like there's a bunch of different things that have happened. Like you know, Al Capone. You and I was in the Capone suite together, Chris. You know what I'm saying? Like like that white dude was a gangster. You know what I mean? I just think that you know with our culture. It, it, how do we listen the system not gonna change right like the work that i try to do and who i'm trying to be with who i try to be visible for they need to see themselves represented and i do think there are a lot of people that grew up in those situations and are now in the suburbs and don't really are not connected to that in the same way they're not connected to the stuff that they see in those streets and not connected to those people and if that's what somebody wants to do that's their right and god bless but for me i i purposely picked my house where i picked it because I'm needed there. Like there, that it needs to be seen. Ray needs to be seen. Like a Sharif with his story needs to be seen. And you know what it's like. I, I, I done been to Philly. I know a lot of Philly cats, right? Like them cats is hungry, man. Like them cats that's trying to get out of there. And rap has been a way, sadly, but it has been a pathway forward if you can't dribble that ball or run that touchdown. And we have to make these other careers available to people and show them our, our other opportunities. I think that's the way to do it and, and have real conversations and break that stuff down. But there, I told y'all what, three shows ago, I'm talking to 14 year olds about sticks, man. Like I'm talking to 14 year olds about, about switches, switches and extendo. Clips. Yes. Yes. Like, like this is, I'm telling you, like, I know, I know you, you say that's not the majority, but it's enough, bro. Like, 
You, do I you think know I what said that though? Like this is this is the point though. Is I feel like I said that already. I feel like I said I, when I, I said that. You, I would make my own point. No, but, but when I, when I, I yeah. say when I say that twenty six percent is too high in the wealthiest right. country in the world for any population. I don't but know I do that, that this but, is the wealthiest country in the world. Okay, but uh, different point. But 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 the, I, I but, but stick on ahead. stick on the main point, which is twenty six percent of any population in a very wealthy nation uh, of children, twenty six a a, a a quarter of any group of children being uh, impoverished. That's too much. I feel like I said that right, mm -hmm. but I think we are over indexing on a group because it feels good or it feels moral or justified. And I feel like we are also missing two thirds of our children and population who, because we are glamorizing or over indexing on this other group or saying that this other group is somehow the primary group where we need to do X, put X in to get all the attention of while corporate America is living off of the stereotype of that group and painting the entire group with them. Yes, there were always vice lords. They were not considered to be the mainstream of all of our people. They weren't seen as being the, the, the cause for all of our attention. We had Jet Magazine talking about the majority of our people. We had Ebony talking about the majority of our people. We celebrated the fact that many of our people were making moves that was good for all of our people. Now we have corporate America selling our own people a lie about ourselves to the majority of us who are not even existing in those situations. I believe that I spend a lot of my time focused on the least of these the least of these, those of us that need the most help. And that's why we do the work that we do in pushing education so much is because we believe that it will settle some old scores. But I don't think that we can continue looking at the majority of our children and saying to them, unless you take on the affect of this, this group that you are not even doing or a part of, you're not actually really authentic in some way, shape or form. And I do think we're sending that message to a I, lot I of our think, young I, people. But I, I don't think I don't think that I am. And I think that, I, I, again, I, I, this is, let, let me finish but, my sentence. I actually believe okay. that they're right. I think they're getting that message. I'll put it that way. I'm not mm -hmm. saying we are doing anything spe specific. I believe if we index on them and spend a lot of time with them and about what we're trying to motivate them to do, the upper working class, the working class, the middle class, the 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 upper middle class, uh black child in the United States is still on trajectory to do some things in lives where they need coaching and they need people Absolutely. to to they need people to say I come from you I know what you're going through you are going to get into a game just like everybody else is getting into a game and that game is going to spit you out from your white peers and your other peers at your level of the game right and I don't yeah. know that we're okay. doing enough of it I don't I don't mm -hmm. think we're doing enough of it I, th I think what I'm saying is I, I don't have an issue with that. I think if you was a, a middle class kid and you have middle class sensibilities, then you should work with middle class kids. I am saying that I came from something. I owe something to the place that I came from. And this is what I'm familiar with. So this is where I want to be. And there are some times that there are There's middle no class that, black though. people, bougie black people that look down on people that grew up the way that I did. Not only and did they look down, they punched down too. Not only did they look down, they punched down. There. And there's a chasm there. So I, I'm glad that that's not the majority. And I'm glad that we have people that's working with those people. God bless them. But I am not I just, I just said I don't think that we have people working with them. No, no there's I think people that, that are working with them. We absolutely do. We absolutely yeah. do. It's, we when absolutely you, uh, do. 
And you just you just turned you just twisted it a little bit. You said middle class and twist bougie. You you said middle class and bougie. What I both. said was working class, working class, and upper working no, class. No, let me tell you. Which is something different than that. Which is something different than that, right? That's not what I said. What I said was I said there are middle class folks, and I said there are some people that are also like bougie, and they look down on people that grew up the way that I grew up. There, there, the, you know, the people that was probably the meanest to me when I lived in that shelter and had to get my clothes out that bin was middle class black people. Was the boule. Like, if we're going to have these conversations, we should have them. These are the conversations. I'm ready for that conversation. We had a conversation here, and it yeah, was like, so, why that so. girl got a scarf on? What, who cares that she got a scarf on? That's that boule shit, and that is only creating a deeper chasm. And here's the thing. Like, I love and got, and got respect for people that work with that majority. But that's not what God has called me to do. I, I have to be a vessel for the place where I came from. I, I came from the broken. I got to go back to the broken. I got to let these people know that they deserve better. And I don't, it, it's not a glorification. I don't want nobody to have to go through none of that stuff that I went through. But what I'm saying is, yo, but there are still people going through it. And, and young man, you are not alone. Young man, you can do something great and you can still be who you are. But you can do this thing legally. You ain't got to get shot. You ain't got to you ain't got to degrade yourself. You got to love yourself. And there's a lot of love missing in the hood, man. And it's hard to switch gears when I was raised to survive in a certain environment. So now it's like, well, Charles, you got a degree and you got some more bread now. So change. I can't change. I am who I am and I love who I am. And I love the place that I came from. So I don't disagree with what you're saying, Chris. I actually don't think you're saying nothing wrong. I actually think that there's a lot of I think there's a lot of wisdom in what you're saying, but what I'm saying is then we need to divide and conquer because I don't know give him I'm that, be. man. Not, don't don't not, give him I'm that. Not, I'm, not, listen, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm not comfortable in them suburbs, man. I'm not comfortable with. I'm not comfortable in these boule groups. Oh, well, I'm not I'm comfortable, comfortable at these conferences. I'm not. Com <laughs> I'm not comfortable with some of these bougie black people that get their doctorates and then they talk tough. But they wouldn't do none of that shit in Southside Chicago or in North Oakland but, or but, wherever. I mean, it's a problem like, for me. This is, uh, this is where I'm having a problem with that as a message. How do you jump from the most struggling underclass to the bougie with nobody in between that needs help? I don't how think do you think that ever said? That was not said. How do you think that leap between those two? Because I was talking about what? something in the middle, but now we're talking about the worst of the worst who didn't grew up in the oh, worst circumstances. You. you know why? And the bougie. You know why? Let me and the bougie. With nobody in between. Nobody. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Yeah, gonna tell you why. Because there's, let's say there's a black school. There's a school that's doing well with black middle class people, and we say, you know what? Let's find a way to get these kids up into that school. And you know what them black people say? I don't want them niggas around my kids. That's how we get there. Okay. Okay, but that's how we get there. Does that okay, not happen? Okay, okay, all of us work there a different way. Okay, okay, let's get there a different way then. 50% of black children are in the suburbs. 50% of black children. And they're not, yes, all, they're not all middle class. The suburbs are not that's middle right. class anymore. So when you say, I don't feel comfortable in those middle class, and you've got something to offer in education to people, knowing that half of our kids, now half, are in the suburbs and they're not all uh, middle class. As a matter of fact, the suburbs aren't what they used to be. So half of our kids now are not even in the urban centers, the gritty, uh, you know. Bro, he's just one person though. Center, what, uh, what, what, no, no, exactly. no, no, no. I, He's I'm one making a conscious that choice to, around okay. where I want to put my services. Obviously. I get to, I got that right, bro. Got, got, okay, okay, right. okay. You had, no, no one's trying to take that right. Hey, Reeve. You. You, no one's trying to take that right for you. I'm just saying, if we're going to be about 8 million black children, and half of them are in the suburbs, it is a choice to be able to say, well, half of them I'm just not going to mess with. 
That is a that choice. Is off, that's not, see, you 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 do this thing. Why we had this hey, conversation. You do this thing. That's not what he said. He didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. I didn't <laughs> say that at all. Flame? I'm not, no, because I'm not going to abandon. I'm intently listen. It's so many. It because it's so often in our community that somebody gets some bread and get out the and get out the hood and move to with them other people and they leave them people behind. They leave that. I'm not leaving that. There are some people that's like, yo, I'm not putting my kids near them. And that's your, that's your right. God bless you. But I know where I need to be and where I want to be. And it might cost me my life. It might, it's cost me a lot, actually. Right? You know what I'm saying? But I'm not leaving those people. And this is why people in those communities Charles, don't trust you, a lot of these black people black that got to the suburbs. You live in a black I'm sorry, suburb. what? I, listen, bro, I live suburb. in Dalton. Look, no, no, no. Look up Dalton, bro. Look up. I live in a black ass neighborhood where shootings happen all the time. Chicago is a very segregated is it a suburb? place. It's a South Side Chicago. Yes, it's a South Chicago suburb, right? But what is suburb. happening here, bro? It's not a. It's we not. Don't a, do that. We're, what's you're making my point. You just literally you made my point. Like, listen, bro. Okay, well, you you come here and you move like you in a traditional suburb, and you call me when you need me. I'm There's telling a, you, it's a different thing, bro. He knows what I'm saying. Because he knows no, no, what I'm no, saying. You know what I'm saying, though. You know what I'm saying. I don't. I just I told don't. you 50. I, I told you 50% of our people are in suburbs now. 50% of our okay. children are in suburbs. Hey, when, I, when I walk outside, what, I don't see 50% of people that look like, like me. What I'm saying. <laughs> well, no one lives in your suburb, Ray. <laughs> right? Like, like this is when I say 50% of our people are now, uh, our young people but are in Dalton, suburbs Dalton now. Is, you just, you right. just mentioned like a suburb that typifies what I said. Dalton looks like Detroit 10 years ago, bro. It is, it is not like some middle class bus. Like, it, it, I love my community and I love my neighborhood, but the level of blight, the level of hopelessness, the amount of drugs, the amount of violence, the amount of shootings, all that stuff. And I'm saying, yo, there's a lot of people working with those kids that are doing better in those suburbs and God bless them and I'll support you. But where my heart is and where my efforts are and where Charles is going to be is with the people that, listen, I got abandoned by those people. I was in them hoods. I was in them shelters and I was in them whack ass schools and you bougie Negroes that got to the suburbs did not come back down. You just looked down on us. You called the police on us. You didn't rock with us, bro. And this is why people like Sarah Carpenter's Oakland, uh, Memphis Lift is so powerful because it meant something to build that center in the community that they built it in. Like it meant something to those people that they ain't got to lead a neighborhood to see something powerful and beautiful, bro. Like I'm just, I don't disagree with you that I'm glad that more kids are in that type of situation, but we ain't fixed this other problem. And that's where I'm going to be. And I'm gonna support I, you wherever I, I think you at. I think you just kind of miss. We gotta go to Patreon. Point, so, yeah, hey, I, think I, you, I, I think you just kind of. Hey, I think you just kind of missed my point. Let me, let me finish my point. This is the point. You just kind of just made it. The suburbs ain't the suburbs. When you talk about the way those people used to do that and whatever back in the day or blah blah blah, that's not the same suburban situation anymore. It hasn't been for years. When I no 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 no, Mr. White suburb. Listen, listen to me for a minute. Okay, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Okay, because because not everybody is living in the Polo and BMW suburbs like you are. So Sir, anyways, like, you are. Like, listen, Don't so, call me out without mm -mm. calling yourself out, no, bro. I live. I live in a. I live in a rural area. We ain't got what you got going on right now, right? Like, like on a good night where I live, Red Lobster's the only seafood you're going to get where I live, right? So, oh, and there's trash. only one of them and you can't get in. That's so okay. anyways, let me finish. When I say that 50% of our young people are in the suburbs Take and the suburbs the and, and the suburbs, <laughs> the suburbs are no longer wealthy and the sub, suburbs are no longer that old stereotype. 
I would rock with you if what you just said was the situation I'm saying that that 50% of black kids are in now. They're not in these gilded suburbs with all the like wealthy, bougie people who are all punching down and blah, blah, blah. That's not what the suburbs look like in most places anymore. This isn't just the people who are trying to get out of the city and all that anymore. We didn't take it over. It's like what Chris Rock says. There's the mall that white people go to and there's the mall that white yeah. people used to go to, right? Many suburbs are that mall that white people used to live in, but they have actually become something very different, right? Working class and upper working class uh, kids in a lot of cases that are still qualifying for free and reduced lunch, uh, like a lot of other kids elsewhere and blah, blah, and not getting all the attention that they need, not getting all the educational attention that they need uh, or all the guidance, coaching and help that they need either. Anyways, for those of you who have been listening to and watching this to do, we did have more for you set up for this show, but you're going to have to get over to the Patreon to hear more of what we got to say, because we are going to, to, to close out the free version of this conversation. And we're going to do uh, Eight Black Hands After Hours in the Patreon. So some of y'all are already knowing how to get over there. Charles, help people understand what, what that means, what I just said. Yes, what that means is in about five <laughs> minutes after we close this out, uh, the patrons, uh, I'm going to put a link in the Patreon for you all to join the Zoom so we can continue this conversation. Um, and we will be going, you know, give us some time to use the restroom, get something to drink or whatever. But in five minutes from the close of this, uh, we will continue this conversation uh, to our patrons. If you cannot watch live, uh, don't worry. We will we will tape this and uh, we will post it in the Patreon for you. Uh, but uh, we got to leave you on a little bit more. This conversation is far from over. Um, Chris and I have not resolved this issue yet. So I know we will both pick it back up uh, for your pleasure and for your entertainment. But also... All of this is for the edification of black people. And if you want people, if you want to see black men arguing, at least have them arguing about the edification of all black people and what that can look like, uh, this exchange of ideas. So uh, why don't you take us out, brother, and I will get stuff ready in the, in the Patreon for, for, for our patrons. As always, we appreciate everybody who comes to the show. We talked about a very tough subject tonight with love and with care. Uh, we don't have to agree on everything, but we do have to be concerned together. Uh, and cooperate for the betterment of our people. This has been episode one hundred. Wait, 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 bro. I'm yo. This is good. This is a good thing right now that I caught this right because this is the last show before an election. So tell these people to take their ass out and vote. Go ahead. I'm queuing you back up. <laughs> I, I see. <laughs> I, I still. I still That's understand. No, no, Ray don't live in the hood, right? Uh, Chris didn't leave the hood. Ray don't live in the hood. Ray lives exactly where he needs to live. And he is like the inspiration for expelling kids. Like he is, he is, he is exactly the, the, every time I think that I'm going to go on a rant about uneven discipline rates, then I interact with Ray and I'm like, well, I understand. Um, so anyways, uh, um, you have been watching another episode of The Eight Black Hands, episode 187. To what my brother Ray just said to you, we are about to have a major political situation not long from now. So uh, I need every one of you who cares about the country and the nation and the democracy to do your part in actually voting for policies and not personalities. 
I don't care who you like or who you don't like. Look at candidates for what they are going to offer you and what they're going to offer your people and make decisions on the best interest of yourself, your family, your community, your people, and your country. Vote for policies, not personalities. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you on the other side of this. Uh, for our patrons, uh, patron guests, like Charles said, we will be back in about five to 10 minutes and we will see you there. Peace.